Welcome to New Life's weekly podcast. New Life is a United Methodist congregation established in 2011 in McChesney Park, Illinois. Worship is weekly at 5.30 p.m. with events ongoing. Check us out online at www.findnewlifeumc.org and sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. I'm your host, Mark Myers, pastor of New Life, as well as our sister congregation, Sherland United Methodist Church, and our cooperative on-site mission, The Paper Angel Closet. This week's podcast is for the sermon preached November 26th and 27th, series titled The Journey, based on the resource by Adam Hamilton of Church of the Resurrection, sermon titled Mary of Nazareth, scripture reading Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. When Elizabeth was six months pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David's house. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel came to her, he said, Rejoice, favored one! The Lord is with you! She was confused by these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said, Don't be afraid, Mary. God is honoring you. Look, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father. He will rule over Jacob's house forever, and there will be no end to his kingdom. Then Mary said to the angel, How will this happen since I haven't had relations with a man? The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come over you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me. Just as you have said, and the angel left her. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for all those listening to your word and good news through our podcast this week. Please bless them, encourage them, and help them experience your presence and call on their lives. Send your spirit upon them and help them hear your voice as they go about their week. Amen. The story of the birth of Jesus the Christ is one of the best known stories in the world. It's been told almost 2,000 years, and it was foretold 1,000 years before that. If you've grown up in the church, you know it. If you've never been to church, you probably know it. The characters are familiar. Mary and Joseph, shepherds and wise men, an evil king and a baby in a manger. Sometimes that familiarity gets in the way of us really getting to know the story. So this Advent, we are going to dig into the Christmas story and hopefully learn a few things along the way. So four questions are going to guide our journey. Think of these questions as four destinations of our journey every week. What were the actual events leading up and during the first Christmas? What does the story teach us about the character of God? What does the story tell us about the child whose birthday we are celebrating? And what does the story mean for our lives today? Now, we've all heard of a little town named Bethlehem and have probably sung a song about it or two. But our story begins in a little town called Nazareth. Today, Nazareth is a little bigger than McChesney Park, where New Life is located. But 
2,000 years ago, its population was between 1 and 400 people. Of the 63 cities in Galilee recorded in the Talmud, an ancient Jewish commentary on the Old Testament, or the 45 Galilean cities mentioned by the Jewish historian Josephus, the city of Nazareth is not found. It was a small, poor city. When residents mentioned their home, they would probably have pointed to Sepphoris, a much larger metropolitan city nearby. Just as when Jennifer and I talk about her hometown in Maple Park, we make sure to mention nearby DeKalb. Nazareth was probably a lot bigger than Maple Park, a small town of simple, hardworking people who mostly were related in one way or another, none of whom particularly were destined for fame or fortune. And this little town is where our story begins. The name Nazareth may come from the Hebrew word netzer, which means branch or shoot. When a tree dies or is cut down, sometimes a branch or shoot comes up from the stump. New life from old life. The prophet Isaiah predicted a shoot from the tree of Jesse that would be King David's father, ruler and uniter of the tribes of Israel, thousand years before Jesus was born that that root would grow up and save the now oppressed Israelites. At that time, our story, Israelite, Israel had been cut down for 500 to 700 years. They were crying out for someone to come like King David did and save their people. Perhaps the founders of Nazareth clung to that hope, but little did they know that that mother, that the mother of their savior would be from their little town. God didn't choose the big town, Sepphoris, to begin this story. The rich and famous weren't chosen. Instead, a no-name town and one of its lowly citizens was the chosen one. God often uses the most unlikely people and places to do God's work. That tells us something about the character of God. Now, there are two churches today which claim to stand on the very site where our story begins. They are both referenced as the Church of Annunciation, which means announcement. They mark the location where Mary was visited by the angel Gabriel. The Greek Orthodox Church of the Annunciation stands on top of a spring. In those days, the spring was referred to as living water, something Jesus would speak of later in his life. The Roman Catholic Church of the Annunciation stands on top of a cave, which is thought to be the place of birth for Mary. So I encourage you, you can look up both of those churches and get a little insight about what the area may look like. Now, our story begins with a young girl named Mary. We read in Luke's account of the story how God sent that angel and how Mary responded. Mary was from Nazareth. And we can assume she was likely poor. Most likely her family worked for one of the rich families in Sepphoris. She was probably 13 years old, which at the time was old enough to get married and have a family of her own. In those days, the average lifespan was about 35. So there was a childhood and an adulthood. There was no youth and no young adulthood. Young women were generally engaged to be married just after their first menstrual period. Mary was just such a girl. She was engaged to be married, an engagement which would have been arranged by her parents and would have lasted one year. After that time, she would have been united with her husband, been married, and immediately began having children. Even though this was the case, Mary was still 13. 
and 13 or 30, regardless of how old she really was, she was no more prepared than any of us to hear the news the angel was about to tell her. Mary is visited by an angel or a messenger of God. Gabriel probably appeared in human form, no wings or shiny clothes. It was not his appearance that startled Mary, but his words. He greets her with his words. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Words I pray when I pray the rosary. The words full of grace are translated from one Greek word, which I won't butcher on the podcast tonight. We find part of this word Kari or grace in the New Testament over 170 times. So Gabriel's message is one of grace. But what is grace? I believe grace is the loving action of God, something never earned but freely given. Certainly Mary knew something of grace, but here at the beginning of our story, God is telling this young girl that she is receiving a full portion of God's love and may be alluding to the nature of the child who she is about to have. Gabriel tells the shocked Mary that she will soon be with child, and that child's name will be Jesus. Jesus, as we know it, actually comes from the Greek, the language the New Testament is written in. But Mary spoke Aramaic and would have heard the name Yeshua, which is close to the name Joshua. It literally means God saves, but was not an uncommon name. Gabriel continues to inform Mary that not only will her her son be great, but he will be the son of God. Now, all Jewish children were referred to as sons of God. But this child would be the son of God, someone very different from the rest and someone very special. So not only was Mary personally contacted and blessed by God, But she's going to have God's very own son. That's great news, right? That is, except for the fact that she was engaged to be married. Something that would not likely happen when we soon soon told her husband that she was pregnant. There was also a law in the Old Testament that allowed for the authorities to kill an unwed mother by stoning her. Maybe this news wasn't so great after all. But despite all of that, this 13-year-old, inexperienced and humble girl says one of the most profound statements of all time, yes. Well, she actually says it something like, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me as you have said. Protestants may downplay the importance of Mary, but no other human being besides Jesus has given up so much and put so much on the line to follow God's will. That certainly can teach us something about our own lives. Now let's look back at our four questions and piece together what we've learned today. What were the actual events leading up to and during the first Christmas? Mary, a young girl from Nazareth, a no-name town, was visited by a messenger of God named Gabriel. Gabriel told Mary she would give birth to the Son of God. Mary accepted what God asked her. What does this story teach us about the character of God? God can do amazing things with the least amazing people and places. If God can pick a young girl from a small town to be the mother of his only son, how much more can God do with you, with me, with us? 
What does this story tell us about the child whose birthday we are celebrating? Gabriel proclaims Mary is full of grace. And to me, that points to the child she's about to carry. Jesus, Yeshua, was grace incarnate. God's love sent down to earth to save each and every one of us, to save you. What does this story mean for our lives today? Advent, the season leading up to Christmas, isn't about presents or celebrations. It's not your birthday after all, is it? But it is about preparing ourselves to respond to God's call on our lives. God is sending Gabriels to each of us. And through reliving this story, we can prepare ourselves to say, Lord, I am your servant. Use me according to your will. This has been a recording of New Life Ministry. You can learn more about us at www.findnewlifeumc.org and connect with us through our newsletter, Facebook, or Twitter. If you liked what you heard, you can like us on iTunes or Google Play. Please share it with your friends. Uh, consider writing a review, positive, of course, uh, and also continue listening throughout our Advent series as we continue to share the story. Also consider supporting our Paper Angel Closet. Currently, our Paper Angel Closet, which provides toiletries and personal care items to homeless and at-risk youth, foster families and children, the families of those diagnosed with cancer, refugee families and families in need in our community, has served over 400 people this year, double what we did last year. We are currently selling discount cards to support our ministry. Encourage you to do that. We're also raising money to include those discount cards for various things in our community in our boxes that we give to those who receive gifts. So if you're interested in that, you can contact us. We are at New Life UMC, 8301 Mitchell Road, McChesney Park, Illinois, 61115. You go to our website, www.findnewlifeumc.org. You can contact us there by email. You can donate right there online, or you can come to worship Saturday night, 5.30 p.m. Until next week, live knowing that you are beloved children of God in heaven. Challenge yourself to share that love with all those you meet, wherever you go. And realize that the power of the Holy Spirit and Christ's body, the church, are working together. And through them and you, you can make a difference in your community and the world. Amen.